0: And um, I said, I told him, well, this is, do, we're looking at constellations with a constellation app. We're looking at constellations, but um, we could also look for UFOs. And he said, oh, okay. Um, and I said, so what you can do is you can say hi to them. And he goes, hi, aliens. And then there was a flash bulb. And because he's so little, his, he didn't see it. And his response time has got a little bit of a lag. So I pointed it out with a laser pointer oh, right there, just focus right there. Another one, another one, another one, another one. So about five or six flashbulbs in a row for him, just for him.
1: CE5, or Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, is shorthand for the act of humans initiating contact with ETs through some simple protocols that anyone with an open mind and pure intent can do. The CE5 initiative is a revolutionary global movement that is growing every day. This show is your personal invitation to join this movement and discover contact for yourself. Those who engage in CE5 are cutting edge ambassadors, ambassadors to other worlds, ambassadors of a new earth, ambassadors of hope. My name is Andre Cardoso, and this program shares the personal stories of CE5 ambassadors from around the world. In this episode, we'll hear from Celia Hatch. Celia is a CE5 ambassador who lives in Alberta in Canada. We met at a CE5 expedition in New Zealand. I was so excited to see how involved she's been in spreading the word of the CE5 initiative, and doing what she can to demystify it for people who might have heard of it and want to learn more. She's got a great story, and I hope you enjoy listening. I started the interview by asking Celia about the basics of CE5 and how she got involved in doing it herself. Okay. Could you briefly just give a description of what um, CE5 is and what the initiative is all about? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. So um, CE5 is is an acronym for Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And it is um, a way to make contact with E.T. I think that um, a lot of people get into it because they are excited about having a sighting or about something new and curious. But ultimately what a close encounter is or what contact with highly evolved beings is, is about the expansion of your own consciousness. So I really think it's... um, once you're ready in your development, like living in life, the opportunity comes to you in some kind of form so that you can um, either accept it or move in a different direction, but that it is, that it, is a, it can be a stepping stone.
1: When did you first encounter the idea of Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind?
0: So back in 2012, I was with a friend and we were watching uh, the first Dr. Greer movie, series. After watching Sirius, my friend and I were really excited. We decided that we would start a CE5 group. So we gathered some people together and we would go out under the stars or even in the daytime.
1: What did you know about other people's experiences with CE5 before you started going into it? Zero. Nothing. Nothing.
0: (laughs) So just after watching the movie... um, Just seeing Dr. Greer doing a puja and getting together in a circle and the description of that, that was enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I must have gone to the ET Contact Network, which has been around forever. And Mm -hmm. maybe I emailed a few people and tried to get some people out into the field. And um, some of those people are still with us in our group today.
1: Celia went on to form a group in her local area, which has been active for a number of years, and which has had more and more powerfully confirming CE5 contact experiences as time has gone on. She's also traveled the world to do CE5 in other locations, and that's how I met her. During the course of our interview, I asked her about any standout experiences that were especially meaningful to her, and she went on to recount a powerful experience she had with her son. I just want to preface her own telling of that story by giving a note on some of the words used. Celia uses the word flashbulb to refer to a stationary flash of light at a specific point high up in the night sky, appearing similar to the flash of a camera or someone turning a flashlight on and off. This type of activity is a common way that ETs will interact with CE5 working groups when they're out in the field. The next note is that Her son also uses the word alien, which worked for him in this contact experience since he is young and doesn't have any negative associations with that word. But in general, in our culture, there's a negative association with the word alien. And it's often used in a derogatory and xenophobic way in politics and in sci-fi media and stuff like that. So in light of that, it is standard practice in the CE5 initiative that we don't use the word alien and instead refer to beings from other planets as ET or extraterrestrial. Last note is that when out in the field, Celia uses a laser pointer to point out constellations and other objects in the sky. Laser pointers can be useful tools whether you're doing astronomy or CE5. I want to point out that if you do choose to use one yourself, there are safety precautions you need to take. Be sure to be aware of your local laws regarding such devices, and always ensure that you never point a laser pointer directly at another person or directly at a moving object in the sky. Alright, that's all I had to say. Now enjoy hearing her story.
0: The most, I would say the most meaningful sighting that I've had was the sighting that I had with my son. Mm -hmm. So my son um, had never seen a UFO. He didn't really know too much about what I was doing because I was keeping it on the down low for him. And so I um, was not really uh, telling him too much, except we did go out camp. We went to a cabin in Banff National Park. So beautiful mountains, clear, clear skies, clear dark skies. And it was dark because in winter in our area, it gets dark around 5 p.m. So after supper, we just hopped out and we were looking at the stars and I gave him a laser pointer, which he thought, he said, this is like a lightsaber shooting forever <laughs> into space. And he was having so much fun with it. And um, I said, I told him, well, this is, do, we're looking at constellations with a constellation app. We're looking at constellations, but um, we could also look for UFOs. Mm. And he said, oh, okay. Um, And I said, "So what you can do is you can say hi to them." And he goes, "Hi, aliens!" And then there was a flashbulb. And because he's so little, his he didn't see it, and his response time is got a little bit of a lag. So I pointed it out with a laser pointer. I'm like, "Oh, right there! Just focus right there!" Another one, another one, another one, another one. So about five or six flashbulbs in a row for him, just for him. And so so that was so special to me. And he was really excited. He's like, oh, is this what you do? Because he had no idea. Mm-hmm. He knew that I went out in the field and that I, I called it UFO hunting mm-hmm. just for for him to kind of like understand. I don't, I don't know what else I could have called it for him because at the time he was uh, seven. And, um, and so we were excited and looking, we're hooting and hollering and looking at the sky and just mm-hmm. looking excited. And then nothing really else happened. So I said, okay, well, let's say bye. And he said, bye, aliens, and then another flashbulb, and um, like two or three or four, I can't remember exactly how many, but several flashbulbs. Um, and then uh, a, sh- a, a streaker, an alleged satellite, went or alleged, <laughs> wait, Meteor, yeah. alleged meteorite went by for him, which is actually kind of like my wish for him was that he could see a quote unquote shooting star, because mm-hmm. he had never seen one before. So he made a wish on the shooting star. And then we went inside. So I think that was probably my most significant, like emotional experience.
1: Oh, that's great. That's, that's really illustrative. I think just of how, how engaged, um, it seems that the ETs were with your son. Um, that I think what, what I found with, with groups is that it's really important to have this kind of, um, this innocence, you know, there's, there's like a childlike quality to being out in the field and just having this curiosity and joy and kind of you know really a sense of openness that a lot of people um i think shut down as they get Mm -hmm. older or Mm -hmm. as they have to confront the world
0: yes absolutely and and two i even see in groups going out that um people get very serious about it. Mm-hmm. Serious about equipment, serious about methodology, making sure that we're taking this to the next level or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it really is um, a playful, fun experience. And it's something that you can really, you can approach it with um, kind of a, what might feel like irreverence. But if you have, you know, a loving open heart and you're having fun, then that's kind of one of the, one of the keys, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So, what do what do people need in order to do this themselves who like wh- who should do this
0: okay so who should do this so people are drawn to it I think like I think that I think it's something that does feel very much like a magnetic draw um so if anybody is curious about it and um, and I think it's okay to want proof I think seeking proof is not a bad thing I think it's Cause there are a lot of people that really are after trying to understand what reality is um and skepticism is not a bad thing either uh, i really think that it's important for people to be skeptical about everything mm-hmm. including the reality that we are presented with mm-hmm. by um whatever mainstream media society whatever um so 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 whether you're skeptical or you're searching for proof or not i don't think that it necessarily needs to be a hindrance. You just have to be very open-hearted. So, um, things like resentment, blaming others, um, uh, negativity in general, uh, doesn't really mean that that type of person wouldn't be bad to start on this path because this certainly is a great, um, way of introspection and self-realization and growth. So, so, maybe actually, there is I would say that anybody, as long as you feel the the desire um, that anybody would really be a good candidate for um, checking it out and having experiences
1: mm-hmm. Cool, so I t- kind of want to just ask another question about what what do, what does mainstream or pop culture get wrong about? about the topic of, of extraterrestrials and UFOs. <laughs> uh, where should people turn to um, for, for, for good information? How do they know what's what's true and false? Oh, you okay. any pointers?
0: Discernment. Discernment yes. is such a thing. And mainstream media, um, you know, like going down the rabbit hole, there's a bit of a rabbit hole in terms of conspiracies and... Um, systems of power that are in place today and how they keep that power. I try to stay a bit neutral and kind of stay away from that a little bit. Um, but it is a bit unavoidable in terms of like some of the concerns that are out there. Like why does the mainstream media not cover UFOs? And they're starting to now, right? So things are shifting. Mm -hmm. Um, why are many of the representations of, uh, ET sinister? Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess taking everything with a grain of salt and um, using your own discernment and developing that ability, which really is a skill, it's a mm-hmm. practice. Right. Um, and my personal advice to people is to really talk to people who have had real-time experiences. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you hear... An account from somebody in person, live, then then your ability to discern is so much greater, right? Like if you're just if you have ever had a conversation with somebody and you get like an icky feeling, or you feel like they're lying to you, or feeling they're they're mm-hmm. being deceptive, then um, that's your guidance. And so, so for everything that I feel that I know, um, it really all boils down to what I have experienced personally, and everything else, um, I just take everything else with a grain of salt even if I really like and resonate with that idea I just I say okay well I like that like 98 99 Mm percent yeah but the more the more you talk to people and the more you um reach out for information and I think that it like I do think that it's very um synergistic and maybe even orchestrated to a point in terms of like is it your higher self that is, if you if you have the desire to begin discernment and get information from people on an intimate level, then those people are just going to arrive into your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah, just seeking that out and asking questions to them. And I think that people would be really surprised that some of their closest friends and family have um, had experiences that they're hiding.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. My next question is just why, why do CE5, what, what effect does this work have? Um, yeah.
0: Okay. This is a really interesting question because I kind of grapple with this daily. Why do CE5? I'm I'm a bit of an activist personality. I always have been. I used to be like, you know, Greenpeace and, um, I used to organize, I organized a critical mass ride in my city a long time ago, ages ago always doing something trying to be a girl guide leader how how can I affect the world positively in some way I'm a little bit pushy <laughs> about it right <laughs> so so entering into ce5 really came out of a passion and a curiosity not necessarily a desire to change the world yet the opportunity is still there and it can be a really exciting um, project I guess you could say uh, because the world can always improve and there's the world is really asking for it. We're asking for it. Other humans are asking for it, whether or not they're spiritual or not. The conditions in the world um, for many people are um, beyond acceptable. Mm. So, so, so what does it mean to contribute towards that? Or is there a benefit in that? Because yes, there is. But the paradox is also that the world is also perfect as it is and that there's a process that is in place and that we do not need to force ourselves or force our ideology on anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody is at, on in their own place on their path and it is exactly right. So I would say that it's a paradox and that doing C5 for the joy of it is where it's really at. Um, and at the same time, because as we gain greater understanding of allowing the world and the process of life to be as it is, we also understand that we are part of the greater whole and that when something bad happens to something else and others suffer, that that is you suffering and that you cannot turn away from that. So it's really weird. It's a it's a paradox.
1: Hmm. Yep. And in terms of... Activism or projects? Uh, what, how are you involving yourself in in the CE five movement?
0: Okay, so um, so I'm putting together plans for a YouTube channel and putting out um, some instructions and a whole bunch of interviews with people that are uh, super experienced or experiencers who have had ET contact all their lives that you know that they can't even explain or understand. Um, that is so intense for them. Or um, and people who are just starting out who are just um having their own experiences so that people can understand that you don't have to be an experiencer to enter into this or to gain benefit from it and that you can get gain benefit pretty much like as long as you're already in that open open open-hearted curious place um that you can you can get pretty fast results Mm -hmm. yeah so so just sort of like modeling that through um talking with people who are just starting out as well
1: do you have any any final words or any
0: um, um, words of wisdom? Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. I would say um, just to really have fun with it and let go. There's so much of our own internal resistance um, that comes along with life. So um, just going through this contact experience, um, being a little bit more lighthearted uh mm-hmm. not a little bit more necessarily but just <laughs> um just allowing yourself to enter into um that kind of joyful childlike thing that you were talking about in the beginning
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so so yeah just following your excitement having fun letting go a bit
1: mm. yeah nice. and there's there's a there's a nice sense of humor i think that's involved with this and there's a lot of laughter um, when, when we go out and make a circle. and
0: Absolutely. ETs have a very funny sense of humor. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, can we just briefly talk about the experience last night in the circle? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. The experience that I had was that I was leading that exercise and um, we don't really work with equipment in our group at home and um, a magnetometer. Mm-hmm. And his, his magnetometer was just going off all like a conversation, but a funny conversation while I was leading this meditation. And I just could barely keep myself from laughing for the whole thing because it just, it seemed like it was like an old friend or, um, just some kind of (laughs) almost like teasing or just a very funny, (laughs) funny quips that kept Commenting like the peanut gallery, the <laughs> ET peanut gallery, were having things to say.
1: Okay, well, thanks so much for all the work that you're doing, and um, and for and for sitting down with me today.
0: Thank you, likewise.
1: Celia's personal story and her drive to share the CE5 love was really inspiring to me. It's great to see someone with such a keen interest in enlightening more people to the fact that they can do this. It's exciting to know that we're a part of a growing movement that is becoming more unified and educated together in this exciting and pioneering time. I hope that this show will encourage you to go out and try initiating a CE5 yourself. To help get you started, you'll find a free guide to the basics of CE5 at ce5podcast.com. You can also contact me at that page for any questions, or comments you may have, or to share your own story on a future episode. Now for a ton of resources and the most definitive information out there on the subject of CE5, Disclosure, and all other info underlying the basis for the stories on this show, go to seriousdisclosure.com. That's S-I-R-I-U-S-Disclosure.com really excited to share that there's also a groundbreaking documentary on the subject currently being produced by that same team with a release date for fall 2019, or spring if you're south of the equator like I am. To learn more and to help be a part of supporting the crowdfunding of that film, please visit ce5film.com. This show is a real passion project for me, and it's independently run and produced without any paid advertising. If you're thankful that this program exists and would like to support us, please leave a review on your podcast player or go to ce5podcast.com. I'm Andre Cardoso. Thank you for listening to Ambassadors of Hope. Peace and love.